0: Welcome back, or for the first time, I'm Oren Moore, and this is two poems, read and heard, in which I strive to inspire the woe-wow within you, the listener, via the power of poetry. This is not ironic. I'd rather not start the pod with the following ask, but it's important in growing the podcast, and I want more people to experience more woe-wow in their lives. So I ask, in a sped-up tone, that... Today, you leave a review for the podcast because as of this pod drop, I only have five reviews on Spotify, even though I've got thousands and thousands of downloads. And one of those reviews is from me. Yeah, I did that. And it's like that. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or some other podcatcher, if you like this podcast and it gives you that whoa, wow, leave a review, preferably five star. Yeah, it's like that as this will take but a couple moments will help the podcast grow and will give you a little hit of dopamine, dopamine, yum. For all the teachers and students out there listening, the code word to indicate you got at least this far into the podcast is simile, as in, a simile is like a metaphor. You see what I did there. You do. This podcast episode is dedicated to all the young poets out there just starting to write poetry. Keep doing it, and don't stop unless you want to stop. Now let's get our bags packed for Wondertown as we listen to an announcement from the Wonderline train conductor. The train to Wondertown departs in 45 seconds. For more about The Conductor, please visit orenmore.com. The theme today is seen silence. Scene silence? What does that even mean, brah? Perhaps you will find out on this journey. Let's go! The first poem today is by Carolyn Supinka and is titled The Heron. Supinka spelled S-U-P-I-N-K-A, is a writer and visual artist living in Portland, Oregon, and the author of the 2016 chapbook Stray Gods. In 2013-2014, she was a Fulbright Scholar, hashtag Big League Game. From what I can tell, in addition to the banger poem she has already written, Supinka is a young poet with much good work within and ahead of her. The train to Wondertown departs in 10 seconds. Keep doing what you're doing. The Heron. After Elizabeth Bishop. This is the time of year when the wind combs the trees with cool, thin fingers to tug the last leaves loose, like my mother loosening tangles from the nape of my neck. And I remember that negative space exists between the shadows of branches the mountain shoulders memory expands like the ice lacing the pond seeks its limits between the dry bones of fence posts empty sky is everywhere once the fog lifts the fox slips beneath the bridge its muddy fur rouged with blood of the possum lying on the path, its body open like a spilled purse. This morning I stood on the bridge, and the field ahead shuddered, and turned into a flock of geese. They rose with one mind, in the sky, then scattered, a gray wave breaking into a sea, urgently calling as they spread, to each other, in the same voice. I wondered what told them to fly. There had been no gunshot or blare of traffic from the highway. The field was asleep, unchanged through it all. It offered no answers. Its voice was the voice of a field of grass. I am a field of grass, it said. The fox under the bridge spoke a dark love song with its lips of blood. My thoughts, unbidden, spoke in my voice, which is also the voice of my mother. I am your mother, she said. Come home. A heron remained in the field and spoke to no one. Its body was busy in its silence. After the title, the poem opens with this italicized line quote, After Elizabeth Bishop. Elizabeth Bishop is a well known poet, if that still exists, that won the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry in 1956. But this is not necessary to know, nor should it be, for the reader to be positively moved by the poem. To this end, I will only note, upon some reading, and in the interest of respecting and shining light on the greats in the field and art of poetry, that the juice found in Elizabeth Bishop's poetry is well worth the squeeze. Like the heron, Bishop's poetry is juicy with arresting, well-drawn images that drip into the mind and last there. Check her out. But to be frank and disagreeable, and as it relates to my experience of this poem, I don't care who Elizabeth Bishop is. No, what I care about on my poetic quest to arrive again or stay in Wondertown are the words after the after Elizabeth Bishop italicized opening. And what a combination of words they are. The Heron is a highly visual poem and starts out that way with, quote, This is the time of year when the wind combs the trees with cool thin fingers to tug The last leaves loose. She then continues with stanzas like This morning I stood on the bridge and the field ahead shuddered and turned into a flock of geese. All right, real talk and uncomfortable self appraisal alert. Ding. A weakness of my poetry times is a lack of imagery. Maybe because I'm like, we have pictures and video now. It's not like you have to describe places and things that people haven't seen before back in them roaring poetry times before the invention of photography and television. When your only option for trying to know what a place looked like was by listening to someone describe with words what we can now see with our eyes. Words were the only way to understand something that could not be seen without actually going to the place where it can be seen. Again, For most of human history, there were no photos, videos, or internets, but I digress because in fact, I love me some good visual poetry because as the great poet Ruth Stone was quoted as saying in season three, episode two of the podcast, in the episode themed Iridescence, quote, the most beautiful videos come from reading poetry and they're in your head. Now, I don't agree with this fully because I've seen some videos beyond beauty that I could imagine. See, for example, hashtag Northern Lights or hashtag some of these drone YouTube videos of the Swiss Alps. Like, damn, that's some majesty right there. Or even see hashtag the beauty of a young child smiling and laughing with you for the first time. Yeah, let's get wholesome here. That said, I am indeed trying to add more lyrical visuals in my poems that ignite images in the mind. Things like the simile in the poem that hits so smooth yet hard for me. Quote, memory expands like the ice lacing the pond seeks its limits. I am so into this energy. Let me repeat that. Memory expands like the ice lacing the pond seeks its limits. Here we hear and feel that it's not simply the poet lining up the descriptions of beautiful images one after another. We can go to Pinterest or other internet sites for that. But the way these images hint or mold to deeper meanings beyond the images themselves. In this way, and in this case, transporting us to the wonder town filled with woe-wow through an understanding of the limits of memory via ice again memory expands like the ice lacing the pond seeks its limits the heron is so beautiful and arresting in its visuals that by the time i got to the second to last stanza i was already fully under the spell on wonder town's main street in a shop where they play enya burn lavender and sell crystals that emit their own vibrations and energies that affect our chakras Namaste. And then she drops, quote, My thoughts, unbidden, spoke in my voice, which is also the voice of my mother. I am your mother, she said. Come home. A heron remained in the field and spoke to no one. Its body was busy in its silence. Whoa, bro whoa. After finishing the harem, I looked out and away from my computer awestruck. I was busy in my silence in a different way than the heron, but in that good whoa, wow way. Then I read it again, as I will do again later in the pod, don't fret, for those whom it pleases, as I do now all through season three. And as I read again, I just absorbed the visuals, both beautiful and contemplative. Quote, Between the dry bones of fence posts, empty sky is everywhere. And two, more raw and disturbing, quote, Once the fog lifts, the fox lifts beneath the bridge, Its muddy fur rouged with the blood of the possum lying on the path, Its body opened like a spilled purse. And these exquisite lines were coupled with a sense of meaning just unclear enough to keep as my own. But for now, just a heron. <laughs> And now, if you'll indulge me, let's take some moments to feel and see our own body busy in its silence. After publishing my upcoming poetry collection titled Broetry, Poetry for the Well-Endowed Man, yeah, that's the title, get it, I plan on publishing a collection of poems titled Poems Hunted and Gathered, because I'm fascinated with the ancient past and love to write poems trying to uncover what that reality was like for our ancient ancestors. The title also got that double meaning, which I'm here for, Hashtag layers, The ancient past was so different, and yet we are much the same in body and initial mind as those ancestors of ours from seasons of thousands of years ago. The second poem to read and heard today, I titled The Mind Well Full, and delves into this ancient past while also linking with the scene silence of Carolyn Supinka's The Heron that, as you know, was just read and heard. If you don't know this... Your mind is either too full or too empty the mind well full just to remember as a member finding the old dirt before the changes the natives followed the old oak and hickory trees for what they fed a matter of survival On the edge of bad weather, misty with a breeze, say. Or 38 and clear, and moisture just building. Or the rainstorm they can see, from rain-free air and sky. Danger close or far, knowing next to nothing on Wikipedia. But the mind well full. What do you see in silence that you cannot see otherwise? The two poems just read and heard will now be read back to back without any commentary in between For those whom it pleases. The Heron After Elizabeth Bishop This is the time of year When the wind combs the trees With cool, thin fingers to tug The last leaves loose Like my mother, loosening tangles From the nape of my neck. And I remember that negative space exists Between the shadows of branches The mountain's shoulders Memory expands like the ice lacing the pond Seeks its limits Between the dry bones of fence posts Empty sky is everywhere Once the fog lifts The fox slips beneath the bridge Its muddy fur rouged with blood of the possum lying on the path, its body open like a spilled purse. This morning I stood on the bridge, and the field ahead shuddered, and turned into a flock of geese. They rose with one mind, in the sky, then scattered, a gray wave breaking into a sea, urgently calling as they spread, to each other in the same voice. I wondered what told them to fly. There had been no gunshot or blare of traffic from the highway. The field was asleep, unchanged through it all. It offered no answers. Its voice was the voice of a field of grass. I am a field of grass, it said. The fox under the bridge spoke a dark love song with its lips of blood. My thoughts, unbidden, spoke in my voice, which is also the voice of my mother. I am your mother, she said. Come home. A heron remained in the field and spoke to no one. Its body was busy in its silence. the mind well full just to remember as a member finding the old dirt before the changes the natives followed the old oak and hickory trees for what they fed a matter of survival on the edge of bad weather misty with a breeze say or 38 and clear and moisture just building or the rainstorm they can see from rain free air and sky danger close or far knowing next to nothing on wikipedia but the mind well full